welcome to another episode of Ordinary Old Catholic Me. A couple of weeks ago, I did an episode of this podcast which expressed dismay at the congratulations of Catholic clergy leaders to Joseph Biden as President-elect of the United States, given his and his party's proud advocacy and implementation of abortion as a key aspect of their platform. And I objected to the concept of proportionality that allows and allowed Catholics to support him. I lay aside any critique or upset over the constitutional fact that as of the date of their congratulations, Mr. Biden was not in fact president-elect because of the legal challenges being made, still actually being made, though being dismissed largely by the general media, to the election process. For purposes of this, let's call it my defense to that podcast, let us say he will now be the President of the United States. Quite frankly, I was, and I remain, devastated at what appears to be an insurmountable inconsistency in implicitly, by referring in those formation of conscience instructions to the faithful, to a proportionality in which Biden's platform on other policies somehow makes him not merely palatable, but attractive as a candidate, notwithstanding his position on abortion. So endorsing him effectively, and then congratulating, and in certain cases, blessing him for becoming the second Catholic president. At a minimum, 40%, maybe 50% of Catholics voted for Mr. Biden. I could live with that fact that they justify their position, because that's always between each of our consciences and God, and each of us having things for which we face the judgment of God, I know less than anyone else. I can think of a million things that I worry about in terms of how I'm going to explain it to God. But it is very, very, very hard to be a Catholic and find that the position which I hold that I have understood that reading and listening and being part of my faith for a number of years says is a matter of objective faith to be attributed to me as a matter of my inhumane personal interpretation, derogative of my fellow women, when it seems to me to be the plain meaning of anything I have ever seen still on the, let's call it, the books of my faith. I don't judge anyone. It's not my job. But, you know that song from the, I think it was the 1980s, I want to know what love is, I want you to show me. Well, here's the problem for me. I want to know what truth is. I want the magisterium to show me. No, it's more than that. The magisterium does show me in plain, plain words. And I want the magisterium to say that these are the plain words or that they're not. I received a long email 
from a friend who listened to my original podcast on this subject. And the email read me the riot act for my allegedly selective reading of Bible passages to, quote, prove my point. And I use the word again to prove my point when, from my perspective, as we will go on in this podcast, I will delineate how I see things as plain meaning that I am being told are not plain. But going back, the person who was remonstrating with me generally was pointing to my lack of understanding of the reality of my fellow women's needs and life's predicaments, complications, and the need for choice. A couple of things here I want to be clear about. I am not complaining about her critique. She was expressing feelings, which, again, about half the population of Catholics and half the population of the United States, at least, are expressing about the debate that is not just between us. It's a theme of our existence in the modern world. I said I wasn't upset at this person because she expressed concern that I might be upset. I am not. I would expect the challenge in this world. Again, because we have half the Catholics who vary from many of the teachings of the church. The second thing is that I have a very deep understanding of the needs and concerns of fellow women and life's predicaments and complications. I have struggled with exactly the same complications and predicaments in some variation or another and been trying for the last 40 years approximately since I returned to the church to live according to the precepts which by signing on with the church one would think that I approve and will seek to follow. My life may not look like yours or the other women that object to my quote interpretation, but my life has been just as hard or as easy as anybody else's. So I'm not coming from a place of superiority. I'm way humble about my own weaknesses. Sometimes, frankly, they scare the heck out of me. My problem, or let's call it my quote upset, is to be told that my read of the teachings is simply wrong, not just by one person, but by everyone else on the other side of the issue, that somehow I'm Scrooge, or worse, for daring to point out those plain teachings and to even suggest that if you say you're Catholic, you're expected to abide by those teachings if you are to be Catholic. I don't even know if it's upset. It's crazy-making to be told that expressing an unchanged position of the Catholic Church, purportedly a still unchanged position of the Catholic Church, is worthy of my being excoriated and to be dismissed ab initio. Among the things that was said to me in the email was uh, a quote, from a Catholic nun who opposed the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett because of the proportionality argument that the other decisions of this judge were not for the breadth of human life in the social justice areas, for example, of immigration rights and the environment. So the fact that she was against abortion was just one issue against those others. 
And if I'm understanding the concept of proportionality, those others would outweigh her view on abortion. The nun suggested that being pro-birth wasn't being pro-life because people would want nothing to do with the children after they are born. For the moment, I'll leave aside this argument's fallacy in that there have been many agencies that have helped pregnant mothers up to and after birth, adoption agencies that have been run, by the way, by Catholics, and many individuals who have sought and have adopted children that were given up by mothers who didn't want them or couldn't have them or felt that they were in some sort of danger by having children. To all these reasons posited, the fact that a woman needs to make a choice for herself or that's posited as a fact, the other issues as being in the balance that make abortion good and proper, that any critique of Mr. Biden ignores his care for humanity in making those difficult choices, do they, in fact, override concerns about the actions of my clerical leaders, whom therefore I ought to follow instead of the so-called unchanging truth? More than that, do all these reasons allow me to take the life of the unborn child? Are we still truly arguing about whether it is a life? I know that society is still arguing about whether it is a person, thus entitled to rights in our enlightened society, but are we still saying that it's not a life? Here's another little naughty thing, at least in my head. When you see exceptions, really serious cases where the mother's life, in fact, physically was in danger, and a choice is made between mother and child, again, from a Catholic perspective, that's problematic, but those are exceptions in general society, and they are used to disprove the rule of the preservation of life. And so, in a kind of weird way, these exceptions become the rule, and everything, including emotional discomfort, becomes a matter of the preservation of the woman's life over the life of the child in the womb. Perhaps it was fair for my friend to upbraid me for quoting the Bible in support of the position that I understand to be that of the Catholic Church. I perhaps should have quoted from the Catechism of the Church itself. Therein, purportedly, is presented the magisterial interpretation of the Bible. I love my Protestant brothers and sisters, but one big difference between them and Catholicism is that Catholicism has in the past referred not only to tradition, but a teaching authority in addition to the Bible or with the Bible, concomitant with the Bible. We Catholics are not supposed to refer only to our private consciences in interpreting the Bible or morality. We are to form our consciences in relation to the early fathers, the Bible, Old and New Testament, tradition of the church and the magisterium. So this is what the catechism of the church, still extant, says about abortion. Section 2270, human life must be respected and protected absolutely from the moment of conception. From the first moment of his existence, a human being must be recognized as having the rights of a person, among which is the inviolable right of every innocent being to life. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret 
intricately wrought in the depths of the earth. 2271. Since the first century, the Church has affirmed the moral evil of every procured abortion. This teaching has not changed and remains unchangeable. Direct abortion, that is to say, abortion willed either as an end or a means, is gravely contrary to the moral law. You shall not kill the embryo by abortion and shall not cause the newborn to perish. God, the Lord of life, has entrusted to men the noble mission of safeguarding life, and men must carry it out in a manner worthy of themselves. Life must be protected with the utmost care from the moment of conception. Abortion and infanticide are abominable crimes. 2272. Formal cooperation in an abortion constitutes a grave offense. The Church attaches the canonical penalty of excommunication to this crime against human life. A person who procures a completed abortion incurs excommunication late sensiete by the very commission of the offense and subject to the conditions provided by canon law. The Church does not thereby intend to restrict the scope of mercy. Rather, she makes clear the gravity of the crime committed, the irreparable harm done to the innocent who was put to death, as well as to the parents and the whole of society. I want to be very clear, again, because clearly we are talking also about the mercy of God in relationship to any sin, any grave sin, the sin of abortion, or any other sin which is committed by a Catholic in the course of his or her life, which we have all committed and will commit again. So we are in need of the mercy, but mercy requires that we recognize that we have done something wrong. And if we are steadfastly saying, oh no, it's a perfect good, then mercy is really not something we have a right to expect. Moving on to 2273. The inalienable right to life of every innocent human individual is a constitutive element of a civil society and its legislation. The inalienable rights of the person must be recognized and respected by civil society and the political authority. These human rights depend neither on single individuals nor on parents, nor do they represent a concession made by society and the state. They belong to human nature and are inherent in the person by virtue of the creative act from which the person took his origin. Among such fundamental rights, one should mention in this regard every human being's right to life and physical integrity from the moment of conception until death. The moment a positive law deprives a category of human beings of the protection which civil legislation ought to accord them, the state is denying the equality of all before the law. When the state does not place its power at the service of the rights of each citizen, and in particular of the more vulnerable, the very foundations of a state based on law are undermined. As a consequence of the respect and protection which must be ensured for the unborn child from the moment of conception, the law must provide appropriate penal sanctions for every deliberate violation of the child's rights. 2274. Since it must be treated from conception as a person, the embryo must be defended in its integrity, cared for and healed as far as possible like any other human being. Prenatal diagnosis is morally licit, 
if it respects the life and integrity of the embryo and the human fetus and is directed toward its safeguarding or healing as an individual. It is gravely opposed to the moral law when this is done with the thought of possibly inducing an abortion depending upon the results. A diagnosis must not be the equivalent of a death sentence. 2275. One must hold as licit procedures carried out on the human embryo which respect the life and integrity of the embryo and do not involve disproportionate risks for it, but are directed toward its healing, the improvement of its condition of health, or its individual survival. It is immoral to produce human embryos intended for exploitation as disposable biological material. Certain attempts to influence chromosomic or genetic inheritance are not therapeutic, but are aimed at producing human beings being selected according to sex or other predetermined qualities. Such manipulations are contrary to the personal dignity of the human being and his integrity and identity, which are unique and unrepeatable. There's another phrase still on the books, and that is that abortion is the preeminent moral issue. What does the word preeminent mean? It's an adjective. It means distinguished in some way, surpassing all others. If it means surpasses all others, then proportionality becomes a problem. And then comes the machinations, the change of words to mean something else, even by bishops to change it from preeminent as surpassing all others as foundational, which means that there are several issues that coincide with it. But that's a change that's coming from outside, not from the magisterium, and certainly not from the catechism of the Catholic Church. If this plain statement about abortion is arguable, then so is every single thing the Church proposes in dogma and doctrine. And there are a whole bunch of things that I don't particularly like personally in my heart of heart, in my feelings, in terms of the things that have conflicted my life today and in the past. There have been times for all of us, for me too, where trying to apply these non-negotiables is beyond challenging. So because they are beyond challenging doesn't mean therefore they're not true. That is the conclusion we are coming to. If Joe Biden who has entrenched abortion on demand, along with his party, into our national psyche and laws, or supported those who do, is as faithful a Catholic as any who would decry abortion, then the only reason to be a Catholic is due to belief in the true presence in the Eucharist. But even that becomes a matter of debate among Catholics, despite clear, plain teaching. When you get into these weeds, one begins to think that maybe Pilate's question wasn't so off kilter. What is truth? Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life, right? Well, I can believe that without ever being Catholic, as long as we are nuancing abortion, chastity, marriage, family, and the sacraments. And if Joe Biden, who has and will continue to not only cooperate in the evil of abortion, according to the catechism, but promote it with fervor, is as valid, note, I'm not saying good, as I am or you are, 
notwithstanding the active promotion of abortion for which Catholics voted and clerical leaders approved as a viable moral candidate, then why should I be part of anything the Catholic leaders seek to do for pro-life causes? They have devastated, eradicated the cause of pro-life by supporting Biden. All else is a waste of time at this juncture. If I don't have to accept the teaching on abortion without equivocation or any other plain teaching that is interpretable and rationalized away, then I can receive communion even if I am a Protestant as long as I believe that Jesus is present in the Eucharist. I can raise being a cafeteria Catholic to an art, take a little of this and a little of that as it suits my feelings and understandings and my needs and my sense of what's difficult. No, I'm a creature of authority. I always have been. That's why I'm sitting at home right now and not going anywhere in Los Angeles because authority has told me that I have to stay here even though it makes no sense to me after the last nine months. I just need an okay to do this, to make my particular choices of what I find distasteful or wrong or difficult in the teachings of the church. But will they have the authority of God? And then you say, well, man has made the rules, not God. If so, then again, being Catholic is meaningless. It would be a lot easier, much more emotionally satisfying, if I could get agreement from my church, from the magisterium, that any teaching of that church, which appears to be unchangeable, and if transgressed, the occasion for sin is not, is really more subject to the complexity of real life, and all appearances notwithstanding, is changeable. Truthfully, that's what makes it too hard to be a Catholic. I haven't lived up to those teachings in very specific ways. I have considered those failures to be sin, Oh yes, I have tried to rationalize the sin away. I have what I think were very good reasons for having to do what I did. But they were and are, at least they used to be, still considered sins. But what I get from all this debate and the approval of clerical leaders for a Joe Biden or any person who clearly is dissenting purposefully and manifestly from items of the faith is that not living up to these plain words is not sin. Not at all. I can make Catholicism work for me because I decide what is a sin. Or, and this is tough, and I don't know if I can do it. I don't really want to do it. I don't know if I'm even capable of it. I could ignore everything I am hearing and trust that in the words of the Catechism of the Bible and of the teachings of the Church as they have stood, that it is God who has spoken because the church is the body of Christ and accept that these things are unchanging even though I don't feel certain of it given all the appearances against it. And though it is unpleasant indeed and boy will I be mad if there is an afterlife and there really were no moral precepts that had to be followed and I tied myself in all those unnecessary knots, I still do it that way. And believe me, I feel that the active practice of Catholicism is of itself a sacrifice. It is a penance to be a Catholic merely by abiding by the unchanging truths. Well, what were unchanging? So, do I 
continue to speak in favor of those once agreed upon truths? Is it any of my business what others think or do? Do I have an obligation, say, to point out, as I did here, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, or shut up and just worry about my soul? Who am I to judge? Said somebody I seem to remember. But am I not supposed to worry about my fellow's souls as a matter of charity? I've always kind of gone my own way. I'm not saying that's necessarily a great thing or I'm patting myself on the back for it. This largest stuff is just another version of it. I have followed the truth of the church despite its manifest difficulties in the belief that while I can't judge others, he will judge me and I must speak what he has given me and the rest of us is truth. I will be pretty upset if I find out that I limited my choices and it turns out that those unchangeable truths were completely a matter of opinion and need. I don't know if I can go that hard road for the rest of my life. Am I misreading? At least in the area of pro-life, of abortion, the plain words that I quoted above, who has the authority besides God to tell me to let me off the proverbial hook with everybody else? But will it be God freeing me from obligation or just willful and wishful thinking? So this week, well, just this week, I am trending toward the traditionalists. Not because they're any more perfect than anybody else. They commit the same sins that everybody else does. They have the same clerical leaders, but they don't interpret the unchangeable truth, at least so far. Their yes means yes and their no's mean no. And if they vary from those yeses and nos, they've committed sin and need forgiveness. That black and white existence has its own troubles, but at least it is refreshingly clear. Oh, life's nuances will always be complicated, but one needs a frame of clarity in order to make decisions within those complexities. When the answers are more complicated than the questions, only insanity follows. The trick maybe to see that the purported answers that are so complicated aren't actually the answers they are the deception just like the devil himself they play on our fears and our feelings if the plain meaning is true then one must be willing effectively to die to the favors of this world in order to achieve that which is eternal but still it would be nice to know that one is not an alien within one's own religious world. And that, though, may not be possible. Not in this life. Well, with that somewhat unsatisfactory answer, because I guess each of us has to make our own decisions, I'm going to close this episode of Ordinary Old Catholic Me. I hope that nobody gets mad at me. I actually questioned whether or not I ought to publish this podcast. But I have to express what I believe is well in this society. And I created this little fora, forum to do that and to offer debate, questions, try to seek answers from this ordinary person's perspective trying to live a Catholic life. So hopefully next week we'll go back to some, I want to say, 
easy ideas within Catholicism, but I'm not sure there are any. Anyway, have a good week, and I'll talk to you next week.